Hello, thanks for joining us here at Animal Cafe, the place to meet with friends, bring your dogs, and have a great conversation with our guests. On Monday at animalcafe.co, you'll find a new interview with someone working to better the lives of animals. Then on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we meet in the chat room to go beyond the interview and get answers to your questions. I'm your host, Mary Haight. With me are fellow hosts, Eric Goblebecker, Dr. Lori Houston, and Edie Girolam, bloggers all. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for guest and host profiles. We hope to see you here every Wednesday. So sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy the show. Susan Thixton has been writing exposés on pet food for years at her Truth About Pet Food site and has been the cause of some anxiety in the pet food industry, given the nature of some of her reports. She has interviewed high-ranking former employees of the FDA who spoke freely and frankly about the security failings in the food chain in general and serious problems in pet food in particular. In late 2010, she was invited to speak at Western University of Health Sciences to veterinary students. Her new book, Buyer Beware, The Crimes, Lies, and Truth About Pet Food is now available. We are pleased to have her here tonight as our guest. Welcome to Animal Cafe, Susan. Thanks, Mary. Glad to be here. Okay, so um, could you tell us what are some of the problems with pet food ingredients? Well, they're misleading. Let's, let's put it lightly uh, that way. Pet food is uh, the only industry that is allowed to make uh, and I'm quoting the regulation here, direct, unqualified claims on pet food labels. Well, a direct, unqualified claim is pretty much a lie. Mm-hmm. So if a pet owner unknowingly walks into a pet store and, and doesn't know the the behind-the-scenes information about pet food, they can be purchasing ingredients that violate federal law, uh, risky chemical preservatives, dyes that are linked to serious illness, and a a slew of other problems. So there's lots of problems with with ingredients. Someone also asked me, uh, what's so wrong with byproducts? He was told by a pet food company that it was just the parts of animals that we won't eat. Could you speak to that, please? Well... Uh, byproducts like byproducts are uh, exactly that parts of the animal that are not either suitable for human consumption or popular for human consumption an example would be the head of a chicken the intestines of a chicken or it could be healthy internal organs uh, such as liver and kidneys now when but but the the difficulty is also byproducts can be injection sites on uh, a, a livestock animal that a USDA inspector insists is cut away in the slaughter line, cancerous tissues cut away from the animal carcass. Byproducts can be um, highest of quality or they can be the lowest of quality. They are not separated. So when you see these on a pet food label, uh, for one, there's no consistencies. It might be one batch of pet food might be more chicken liver um, 
and it might be more healthy in one batch ingredients. The very next batch might be more uh, diseased animal parts, injection sites, uh, intestines of the animals. They say they free the contents of the intestines, but we don't know that for certain. So there is no quality guarantee to this ingredient, and there is no consistency guaranteed to this ingredient. My guess would be that that most pet food manufacturers, if you ask them to give you a complete list for a particular batch of pet food of exactly what byproducts were included in this batch, they wouldn't be able to tell you. No, trace back can be pretty... Yeah, yeah, pretty dangerous. I, I don't know if if you or any of, of your listeners have ever been to a slaughterhouse. It's not a fun thing to do. I have. Years ago, my cousin was a United States Department of Agriculture federal meat inspector. And I would hear her stories, which... Uh, it's horrible. The the cancerous tissues cut out, um, and they go into these big buckets. Uh, I've seen it. I, I haven't been on the line when it's been in operation because that was not allowed. But I have been there and seen these big, huge containers. They don't separate the healthy livers and healthy kidneys from the disease livers and disease kidneys. They don't have time. Most of the slaughterhouses into the day and age to now, uh, with the huge amounts of process processing of food, there are, you know, thousands and thousands of animals that are slaughtered each and every day. They do not have time to stop and very politely separate the the quality internal organs from the rest of the byproducts. They are put in a huge container, not for human consumption, byproducts. The ingredient byproduct meal differs from the ingredient byproduct. And, and by byproduct, I'm talking about any variation, any variation, chicken byproduct, poultry byproduct, turkey byproduct, any variation. But the ingredient byproduct meal takes... Uh, um, the unknown one step further in that they um, can take entire animals that have died prior to slaughter. Uh, In most cases, when ingredients are deemed to be not fit for human consumption, ingredients I'm meaning animal carcasses, they have to be marked. If an animal is a downer animal, dies before slaughter, they have to be marked in the in the slaughter industry that is called denaturing. The type of agents that are acceptable for use as denature agents are uh, crankcase oil and carbolic acid and um, I forget the name of it. My brain is going blank. <laughs> what they used to treat telephone poles with that substance that was so toxic. It was killing wildlife around the telephone pole. That is still acceptable to paint on, mark these not-for-human-consumption animals. They want them clearly marked, which is great for human food, but it is not good for pet food. 
those those ingredients are not destroyed and they can become byproduct meal which is a rendered cooked ingredient uh, and a, a multitude of other ingredients animal fat meat and bone meal meat veal meat meal um trying to think of the rest of them animal digest there's quite a few others so my i have no issue with quality healthy internal organs being used in pet foods but the pet food ingredient byproduct or byproduct meal does not guarantee the consumer that those ingredients are made or sourced from healthy internal organs so even if the byproduct is uh, an, from a named animal, it doesn't... It doesn't mean the organ was healthy. Okay. And, and as example, the liver, the function of the liver is to filter toxins in the body. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's an unhealthy liver, that could be something pretty serious, Yeah. you know, That's... of what is in that liver. That goes to you are what you eat. Yes. <laughs> um, what about uh, this uh, ethoxyquin issue? Um, it, they've said they removed it as an ingredient in many pet foods. Uh, is that really true, or is there some gamesmanship going on? And what are the consequences of that practice? Well, let me start with the consequences. Ethoxyquin is what got me started in, in this business. Ethoxyquin is a chemical preservative. Um, Years ago, and, and this was uh, 19 years ago, um, pet foods used to use ethoxyquin as a preservative of the pet food and not just particular ingredients. It is not allowed in any human foods except in minute proportions of uh, some spices today in human foods. Um, Back then, my dog got bone cancer at eight years old. My veterinarian, who knew more than most, he went to vet school with Dr. Wysong of Wysong Pet Foods. Mm-hmm. Dr. Wysong, many don't agree with all of his pet foods today, but he truly was a pioneer in changing the face of pet food. He, he, he was just, he still is, one of the, one of the best, one of the pioneers. Um, so my vet knew more about pet foods. I fed the leading dog food in the country, still is one of the top five in the world. And this dog at, of eight years old, I mean, almost overnight, I noticed a, a lump on her pelvic bone. Um, my vet tells me that more than likely this, uh, th- it was bone cancer, and that more than likely this tumor was caused from the chemical preservatives in her food used to extend her shelf the shelf life of the dog food. And I didn't even know really what shelf life was at the time. But I called the company and asked them what the shelf life was of this dog food. And they told me proudly, 25 years. And that moment on, I have studied pet food. So ethoxyquin is is a very sensitive issue to me. Mm-hmm. Today... Ethoxyquin is used to preserve some ingredients. Uh, You won't find it listed on a pet food label because it is added by the ingredient supplier. Pet food regulations state that any um, additive to a pet food ingredient, as long as the manufacturer did not add it, then it does not have to be listed on the label. 
when I published this story, I guess it's been about two years ago, uh, we did a poll of pet food companies and asked them directly, fish meal is a common pet food ingredient that is preserved with ethoxyquin. So we did a poll and asked them how many of them asked their, uh, if their supplier used ethoxyquin or a natural alternative to preserve the fish meal. And, you know, they didn't want to admit this, but with pushing and pushing, we finally got answers. And many of them told us that, yes, their fish meal supplier uses ethoxyquin. Uh, they also tried to convince pet owners that they had to do this for law. Uh, there are uh, Coast Guard regulations that are in connection with Homeland Security regulations because fish meal is basically prepared while the ships are at sea. They catch the fish. Mm -hmm. A lot of the fish that is not used as a fillet is ground up. That storage of fish meal on these large fish fishing vessels um, the fish meal is very combustible. So they preserve it with something to prevent an explosion. That's why Homeland Security is involved. And Homeland Security regulations say ethoxyquin, but they do say further on down the page that uh, fish meal suppliers are welcome to apply for a permit for using an alternative preservative. Oh. So we found out the alternative preservatives are tocopherols, which are a natural vitamin preservative, or there's a product called Naturox. Many companies tried to convince pet owners that, uh, you know, there's not enough of the natural fish meal. There's not enough of these natural preservatives. Well, I called the manufacturer of Naturox, and we proved that is not true. And companies... Ingredient suppliers do not have to apply to use, to the Coast Guard to use Naturox. Naturox has already done this for all their customers, plus they give instructions on how to use it. Um, back to your question, is, is it all just kind of whitewashing the fence? Um, I don't know. The only way we would know for certain if they tell us that, yes, their foods are ethoxyquin free is with independent testing and pet owners although we're very devoted to the cause of safe pet food we're not a huge corporation and we don't have a lot of money so we have to take them at their word I do believe many of them are telling the truth now whether they're all telling the truth or not I don't know and there are a lot of complications uh, with having so many different regulatory agencies involved in uh, food and its processing. One says one thing, one says another. There's an awful lot of opportunity for loopholes. Yes, yes. I, I mean, the, the perfect example of that is AFCO and the FDA. Mm -hmm. AFCO, American Association of Feed Control Officials, uh, is who develops ingredient definitions and label regulations, uh, they recommend, they don't enforce, but they recommend good manufacturing processes. Uh, the FDA, on the other hand, is who does inspections. Uh, they develop compliance policies that allow pet food to violate federal law, 
But when anything goes wrong, FDA says, oh, well, we had nothing to do with this. This is AFCO. AFCO says, we had nothing to do with this. This is FDA. So, and pet owners are left going, somebody, please fix this. And to date, they still have it. That's uh, uh, the FDA uh, has been uh, pretty much breaking the law for quite a long time, uh, at least according to what I've read. And if you could uh, tell us a little more about that. Well, the FDA themselves don't break the law, but they have um, food safety laws uh, are the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Um, The act is what it's called. uh, Defines food as anything consumable by humans and animals. So all animal food, as well as people food, is covered under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. It is the FDA's purpose to enforce the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Congress developed uh, the act many years ago, and there's been changes all along the way, but uh, the act clearly says that any food would be deemed adulterated and thus prohibited if it contains in part or in whole a diseased animal or an animal that has died other than by slaughter. To, uh, our guess has to be to benefit industry. Uh, diseased animals and animals that have died other than by slaughter, which would be animals that die in the field, uh, animals that um, die of illness, animals that die of natural causes, animals that are euthanized. Um, the law is is clear that these animals are a violation of federal law, and thus these animals would be an expense to the industry that is producing meat for human and animal consumption. So instead of these animals being an expense to dispose of them, uh, the FDA has provided industry with what is known as compliance policies. Not only does the FDA say in these compliance policies that they will not enforce the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act for pet foods and animal foods that contain uh, animals that have died other than by slaughter or diseased animals. They also provide industry with um, a a selling point for human foods that have have been infested with rodents, uh, rodent feces, bird feces, uh, pesticides, chemicals, it goes on and on. Those products, by law, should be disposed of, but they're not. They are recycled and put back into animal food. That is a violation of federal law. We have, we being pet owners all over the United States, have written members of Congress. Congress is the FDA's boss. Only one senator bothered to read the letter. We got back many responses, but it was very clear not one of them read the letter, except for the late Robert Dole. And he was unhappy about what we shared with him. He uh, wrote the FDA a letter 
But the FDA sort of, you know, pulled out their smoke and mirrors, and they're still getting away with it. We can't get anyone in Congress to pay attention to this. And this is not only pet food. This is cattle food, uh, chicken feed, hog feed. So you you said it perfectly. We are what we eat. If if the food that Americans and our pets are consuming, if these animals, the food-producing animals, are eating inferior food, if they're eating chemicals, rodent feces, uh, the list goes on, what is the quality of our food? It's It's a crime. It literally is a crime. The office of the FDA Office of Surveillance and Compliance. I uh, received when anyone subscribes to my newsletter, I receive a notice of the person's name and their email address, and I noticed it was an FDA email address. So I went to the FDA website and looked up the name, and it was from the Office of Surveillance. So I thought, okay, let's just call them. You know, if they're going to follow, read the site follow what I write, then let's just call them and sure. see see what kind of questions they got for me. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they assured me. I had two. I was on speakerphone and two FDA representatives w- were speaking with me. And they said, oh, no, and assured me that, that we follow many websites. We just want to know what's going on. And then they asked me if I had any questions for them. And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> I, I'd like to know how you you can do this how you can how does the fda have the authority to tell pet food uh, and all animal food that they don't have to abide by federal law i shared with them that when i explained this to pet owners in in speeches and presentations that i compare this to if the local police said everyone in in my neighborhood with the last name of Smith, they could go rob a bank. Even though it's a federal crime, they could go rob a bank and the police wouldn't arrest them. They they wouldn't, you know, it it would be okay. Just don't commit any other crime and go ahead. If your last name is Smith and you live in this particular neighborhood, you go ahead and rob the bank. It's all right. And and the FDA agent, and I'm sure he regrets this to this day, <laughs> said we liken it, as in we compare it to speeding. And I said to him, speeding kills. Speeding kills. It's still against the law. So how they can do it, I don't know, Mary. I was brought up that... that we respect the law and it is very disheartening for me to learn that our government the food and drug administration gives different corporations different industries the privilege to violate federal law i I just don't understand that concludes part one of our podcast with susan thixton Check out part two and join us Wednesday, April 27th, 9 p.m. Eastern for a chat with the author at animalcafe.co. We hope to see you then, and thanks for joining us.